0: Welcome to the Blogger Genius podcast, brought to you by Milo Tree. Here's your host, Jillian Leslie. Hey, today my guest is Kendra Holly of Peace, Love, and Low Carb. Now, as a low carb as a low carb eater myself, I have to say I was immediately drawn to her content, and then I, I'm so happy she's here today to be on the show. So, welcome.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
0: I want to start by asking you how you started and really what inspired you. What's the story? Because I I know there is a story. So what is the story behind uh, Peace, Love and Low Carb?
1: You know, I usually start by saying it kind of happened on accident, which sounds strange, but I didn't say I'm going to build a business, a brand and start a blog and write books. I just was a girl who really struggled with her weight her whole life. And I stumbled upon low-carb through a friend that I worked with. She was like, hey, I heard about Atkins. Let's do it. And so I was like, okay, I'm in. And from there, I just kind of started photographing everything that I was eating. And I made it my mission to recreate all of my favorite comfort foods in low-carb versions instead of giving them up. And I just started taking pictures of them with my phone. Facebook was getting really huge. And I was like, hmm, someone said, you should start a Facebook page. And I did. And meanwhile, I was blogging, but I had it set to a private setting like a diary. So I hadn't even like unlocked that to people. I was just kind of documenting my weight loss journey on a blogger platform.
0: What year was this? I started my
1: blog in 2011, but my first go round with low carb was much earlier than that.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, and so then you 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 I guess made it public, and you started posting recipes because you are a food blogger.
1: Yeah, I did. I made it public, and I just kind of started sharing what I was eating and what I was cooking for John and I. And then it, from there, I just kind of took on a life of its own.
0: That's so impressive, and and one thing that I love about your site is how you have a very strong point of view and you've been able to really build a business around that point of view. And can you share how you, so that you're not just a blogger, you're also an entrepreneur and you sell cookbooks and meal plans. And how did you build, how did you start to think about that and build out those other lines of business?
1: You know, I'm a Chronic researcher, and I'm just an entrepreneur by nature. You know, I, I joke and I say that I came out of the womb, you know, re- ready to build a business. And for me, it's all research and passion based. So, you know, once I decided, hey, I'm going to make a go of this, and this is this is going to be my career, I just completely jumped in and I started researching everything. And then I thought, hey, I can, I can compile these ideas into a meal plan. People need that. I, You know, trying to provide solutions for the questions that I get every single day.
0: I love that. So you're solving people's real problems. Yeah. And where would people be reaching out to you? Was it on social media? Where Was it they were emailing you? Like, where were they connecting with you?
1: Oh, geez, everywhere. So uh, comments directly through my blog. Okay. E- email, yep. social, social media. Like, any spot that has an inbox, mine was getting blown up.
0: Interesting. And what were... So what was the first product you built to support your blog?
1: The first product that I built, I self-published a book. I hadn't even, I didn't even try to get on with the publisher. I just said, I'm going to do this. I have a really great friend who is a graphic designer. And I said, would you be willing to do this with me? And he said, yes. And I just, I self-published a full length hundred recipe cookbook.
0: Were these recipes that were living on your blog or did you develop the recipes for the book?
1: Um, Some were on the site. Some of the ones that were popular and were starting to get traction, I put them in the book. And then I made a lot that were exclusive just to the book as well.
0: And then where did you start selling it?
1: I set it up through Lulu. Uh, It's a place where you can self-publish. And then um, I added on to Amazon and then just kind of used those channels. And then it's kind of harder to open up for wider distribution. And I just really was winging it all. And in hindsight, I could have done it better. I mean, that's kind of how it always goes, right? Yes. But, yeah.
0: And then, okay. And then how did you promote your first book? Like, how did you get sales?
1: Well, I got really lucky timing-wise because i it's what I like to call the glory days of Facebook. Oh, it was, I
0: love those it was, days. Oh.
1: Yes. Before Facebook started adding all of these algorithms... I could literally just post it and then within an hour hundreds would sell because at the time Facebook showed your post to all of your followers. Yes. And so I really didn't need to do much beyond that. It was kind of like just this really sweet spot in Facebook history.
0: Yes. And then that inspired you to build, to write other books, to build other products. Like what was that evolution like?
1: So from there After that, that was kind of the only product I had for a while. I did some other smaller kind of niche eBooks, like one just for soups and stews, one for side dishes. Again, kind of solving problems. People would say, yeah, I can cook a steak, but what do I serve with it that's low carb, you know? Mm -hmm. But then I went into a period where I really focused on the business of blogging. Not, this is just, because if you treat something like a hobby, it's a hobby forever. So I believe that if you want to do something as a business, you treat it like it's a business while it's still just a hobby.
0: Absolutely. Again, it's all about mindset. Absolutely. So, what did that shift look like for you? Or how did you take what was a, what somebody might say is like a, a small side hustle and actually say, no, I'm going to pull this front and center?
1: You know, I was still working full time in, full-time in restaurants. Um, I have like a, almost a 20 year background in the restaurant business, which I do think uh, really helps me be successful in. Branching out into my own business, but I didn't. Again, I just I started researching everything. If I didn't know it, I looked it up. I'm a person who, if you ask me something and I don't know the answer, you can rest assured the next time someone answers that question, I'm gonna give them a whole dissertation about it. <laughs> so, I love that. Yeah. So I just really kind of started looking into how to build a blog, how to monetize, and just constantly constantly fine-tuning my craft, learning, growing. And like I, in the beginning, I was even doing all the HTML coding for my site and I have no
0: background in wow. HTML. Yeah, I love that. Now, now let's talk about what you're currently, what your revenue streams look like. Where do you make money?
1: They're all over the place. I am a firm believer that you don't put all your eggs in one basket. So uh, I make a lot of money from the digital products that I sell you know, through my site. And that is just, that goes straight to me, you know, from they buy it, it goes straight to me Yeah. and then affiliate programs with brands and companies that are in align with my mission and vision and values promoting their products.
0: So what's an example then of an affiliate product that is on your site that you support?
1: Um, there's, it can go a couple of different ways. So Amazon is a big affiliate program. So in my recipes, like take, for example, I have a flourless double chewy chocolate cookie recipe that has just gone crazy on my site. I link to the products that I use. For example, the exact chocolate chips that I use, the almond flour that I use. And then that brings in a small portion of revenue if people buy through those links.
0: Yep. And, and, And with Amazon, it's really just they need to click over to Amazon. And then if they buy a TV that day, boom, you make an affiliate fee.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that's really great around the holidays as well as people Christmas shop.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a good tip. I yeah. hadn't thought of that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you're making so you're also making money then through affiliate sales.
1: Yeah.
0: And through your and products then, and then
1: Um so and then a lot of times I'll do brand partnerships mm-hmm. and they have their own affiliate programs built in. So if I have a, you know, a brand that I really like, I work a lot with a company called Low Carb Foods. Okay. And Again, they're just a small family-based business, but they're really providing solutions. So they're putting out low-carb products with clean ingredients that are diabetic-friendly. And I like them as people. I like their products. So you'll see you know, links to those. I'll do it on my Instagram stories or on my blog. But then another avenue of that with those brand partnerships is sponsored posts. So right. I'll, I'll say, here is a package that you will get. I will do a review of your product on my site. I'll feature it in a recipe. It'll go out in my newsletter. I'll do social media blasts about it. And then there's a package rate for that as well. So it's a whole nother revenue stream outside of their affiliate program.
0: Now, are you reaching out to these brands or are these brands reaching out to you?
1: You know, this that's kind of funny.
0: Because that was a
1: real learning curve as well as I grew this. And it kind of goes in the lesson of never to sell yourself short. So Mm. in the beginning, I was reaching out to companies and I was saying, here is the traffic on my site. Here is what I can give you in terms of exposure. Please just send me your free product. Okay. Yeah. So I was devaluing myself by just letting them send me a free product and then promoting it all over the place. Okay. And so these days, it's more of filtering opportunities that come in through me. And then there's a series of questions that I kind of go through, like a mental checklist when I get these emails of brands and companies that would want to work with me and partner with Peace Love and Low Carb.
0: Got it. So in the beginning, you were reaching out to them. You were selling yourself short by just accepting product. Mm -hmm. And then over time, as you became more established, brands started reaching out to you. Yes. And you would then say, great, I'd like to work with you. Here is my package.
1: Mm -hmm. I have a media kit on my site, and it has several different options for ways to work together, as well as an option to set up a custom package.
0: And do you have the pricing on your website? You know, I didn't used to, but then I thought, hey, it's not something to
1: be ashamed of. My social clout and all of my stats are there across all social channels. Why not go ahead and put the pricing on there? Then it kind of cuts down on the emails too. Yes. If they take a look at the pricing and they say, hey, I would never pay that or I would only send free product, then they don't email and so it's less to filter through.
0: I like that. I like that. Okay. I just want to say a couple things that I notice that I, I think are really special about what you're doing. One, you have a very, um, you are a food blogger, but you're a niche food blogger. And I think that that has probably worked to your advantage because I know exactly what I'm going to get. If I, if I'm a brand and I work with you and I, I make low carb foods, you're my person. Like I want that. So I think that again, I always say this, the internet's a really big place. And if you can find your niche and go deep into it and be authentic, I feel like you have a leg up, like you have a leg up over your general food blogger. Now, you might not your cakes might not perform as well as those ooey gooey, delicious, fondant mm-hmm. cakes, but you've been able to really carve out a place for a special place for yourself on the internet. So I, I just have to call that out, and that everything you've been able to build off of it all comes from people who are really looking for you know low carb solutions.
1: Yeah, you know, in the beginning, that was kind of a, it was, it's been a blessing and a curse. So for a while, as you know, my own lifestyle changed and I tried different things, I really felt locked in because I actually had low carb in the title. And the, you know, kind of dietary climate wasn't always what it is now. There's a very big uptick in low carb and keto. And it's great to be someone who was kind of in the forefront of that movement because I've been my Blog is heading into its seventh year, but in the beginning, people poo-pooed low carbs so much. Yes. Uh, and then when paleo got really huge, you know, a lot of the big paleo influencers were kind of bashing low carb as well. And so I kind of went through this period where, gosh, why did I make it so specific? Yes. Yes.
0: But now,
1: yeah, now that more people have have caught on and we're kind of moving away from the fat phobic society that we've been in, now I'm able to say I stuck true to my mission. For all of these years, and it paid off.
0: Yes. And again, who knows? Like, there is tremendous uncertainty in picking a name. And it might go your way. Like, you were saying you were on Facebook at the exact time where you could sell books. So, again, sometimes you get lucky. Like you, with Facebook, it was the perfect time to be selling cookbooks on Facebook. But a lot of times also you make these opportunities for yourself by putting, you know, making a decision, seeing if it works. And if it's not working, pull up and try something else.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So let's go through the other income streams that you have that we haven't touched on.
1: Okay. So obviously there's ad revenue from my site. That's a big one.
0: And who and what ad network do you use? I use Ad Thrive. Okay, so do we. Okay.
1: Yeah. And they they have been amazing I, for years, I just tried to manage my ads myself just by using Google AdSense ads. Okay. And I I really left so much money on the table by not having someone manage my ads.
0: Yes, and we are big fans of AdThrive as well.
1: Yeah. And then some of the other ones is partnering with other bloggers to help promote their products through their affiliate program. So it's still a form of affiliate marketing, but it's kind of like, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats type of thing.
0: I love that. I love that. Okay. So somebody will come to you who you probably know via social media and being in your niche and Mm -hmm. says, I have this new cookbook Will you promote it and you get a cut of the sales. Is that how it works?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I've I've never, I've always believed that there's enough room for all of us. And that if you are coming from a place of authenticity and a genuine nature and passion, that it doesn't matter if someone's doing something similarly to you, you know, so for example, I sell meal plans, but I push other people's meal plans as well, because mine might not work for them, but this other blogger might have meal plans that work for some of my audience. So I don't believe that in order for mine to be successful, I have to not promote others. So I
0: I love that. And again, this is something I work on in my own life, which is mindset and this belief that the world that you see the, the world through, we see the world through lenses and one of those lenses is scarcity, and one of them is abundance. And again, there, are, you know, we're constantly switching between these two. But when I notice myself seeing the world through scarcity, there's just not enough, whatever that is, I really say, whoa, I'm going to try and take these glasses off and put on the abundant glasses and see if the world looks a little different.
1: I love that so much. And I felt like you're speaking right to my heart there because- when you come from a place, like, and I will say scarcity mindset or even a poverty mindset, yeah. it is so hard to see the other side of that and to dig yourself out of that hole because the tendencies that come along with that run so deep. And I'm, I'm so happy to hear you say that because that is kind of something that I try to do. I, like, I think that I operate from a place of abundance or kind of, you know, manifesting what I want in my life by pretending I already have it. Kind of like the fake it till you make it, but I don't like the word fake it. Like-
0: I love that. We actually, I, I have a daughter, and I say that to her all the time, which is fake it till you make it, even though I agree, it's- but it, there's something to- I, I say to her, be an actress. Pretend as if it's already happened. Like put on, you know, because of course my daughter's tenants, she loves being an actress. But there is something about embodying the feeling of success. Mm -hmm. So you understand how like that feels.
1: Yeah. And it's like saying dress for the job you want, not the job you have.
0: I love it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So let's talk about social media for you and your journey through social media and what is driving traffic to you. Like, Where are you finding? So you have nice social media followers. Uh, Where... Like, how has that worked for you? So
1: social media is a blessing and a curse because it is just, it can be a very rotten and evil place to be. There's a lot of mean people hiding behind computers. However, it is the primary traffic driver to anybody who is trying to run any kind of website, blog, business, brand, you know, even if you're just in the business of marketing. So the main channels are, the top two refers, uh, are Pinterest and Facebook. And so I started Facebook very early on, the, as soon as I started my blog. So I grew very organically and pretty fast on Facebook. And then Pinterest just kind of changed the landscape for like traffic referral for food bloggers especially. Like if you do food blogging, like mommy bloggers, or even crafters, anything DIY that all, even the projects that people say they're gonna do that they never do, they like to look for them. Same with recipes.
0: Yes, definitely. Pinterest is a huge traffic driver for us at Catch My Party. I, I love Pinterest. Yeah. And so today, so how active then are you on those platforms?
1: I'm extremely active on those platforms. So I run the Facebook page for my blog. And then I also run a group that's kind of, it's a recipe sharing group, but it's more of a support group. And I just call that peace, love and low carb friends. It goes okay. right along with my blog. And so I'm active in there and I'm interacting with people and they're sharing their stories. And yeah. then I'm also on Instagram where I do a lot of Instagram stories and sharing recipes on there. And I would say Instagram is actually probably my favorite social media.
0: Are you getting traffic from Instagram or is it really about brand building?
1: I am. I'm using a site called LinkedIn Profile. I and u- tra- we
0: use that. I love yes. it. Okay, yes, yes.
1: And you know, it's a paid subscription that I was happy to pay for to try out because it was, you know, a small amount to pay, low risk to see if it worked.
0: I think it's and about ten dollars a month, nine dollars a month, something
1: yes, like that. It's nine ninety nine, but it, it, I'm a Like I love stats. I love analytics and I love stats. And so I like to post something on Instagram with the link and then go into my Google analytics and watch the traffic flow and kind of gauge like, is this successful? Is this third party app that I'm using something I want to continue to use? Yep. And it's been great. I mean, it's, it's building.
0: I, I, yes. Now, how does, do you send newsletters? I do send
1: newsletters. Okay.
0: So how often and what is your newsletter about?
1: You know, I probably, (laughs) I probably send them more than my readers would like. I just get excited. So I'll usually send one out every time I have a new recipe on my site or just something that I want to share, or if one of my books is on sale, things like that. But I usually, it's kind of a curated post. So it's not just one recipe. The title might be, you know, low carb lasagna, but within it, you're going to find some other recipes that you could pair with it or other recipes that are doing well on the site at the time.
0: Got it. And are you reaching out to your subscribers once a week, twice a week? Is it on a Monday or is it whenever you feel, you know, like it's you want to?
1: You know, it's every two to three days and sometimes less, sometimes more. I don't do things like that on a I know a lot of people are like, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday are newsletter days. Right. Um, I try to go with just, you know, what's going on? What do I want them to know? What do they need to know?
0: Got it. Now, as a food blogger, does video fit in? And if so, how does that work for you?
1: Video is huge right now across all social media and all of the new algorithms are really giving video preference. Right. And I'm in the process right now of wrapping up another full length professionally published cookbook and working on the manuscript for a second one that is also coming due very soon. And I haven't had the time to dedicate to video like I'd like. So I actually just recently hired it out to do some of those kind of tasty style overhead shot videos.
0: Yep. Yep. Got it. And then are you posting those? Are they the, the like 30 second videos? Are they the one, I think they're like one minute videos or are these longer videos that you can then also use on YouTube, that kind of thing?
1: They are the shorter one minute or less video so that I can post them on Instagram. Cause okay, right yep. now on Instagram, it has to be less than one minute. Yep. And then I have them in a square format or format and then a full frame format so that I can post it on YouTube. Cause I'm also trying to work on building YouTube as well.
0: Great. I love that. And, and I also, and you also, did you say, or am I making this up that you do live video? You do, you do Instagram stories.
1: I do Instagram stories and from time to time I do Instagram live, but I want to start doing more live cooking demos. So a lot of times I'll just set my phone up in my kitchen and I'll show the step-by-step, but on Instagram stories, you have 20 seconds and then on Instagram live, you have 30 minutes. Yep. So I want to start doing kind of like I had an idea to do a Friday cocktails with Kendra you know, since I've writing a drink book and, you know, just fun things like that, where it's another way to connect with my audience and in more of a full format, than here's 50 seconds of a sped up video.
0: Got it. And how do you prioritize? Cause you have your fingers in a lot of different pots.
1: You know, I do. People ask me all the time if I have a secret clone or if I'm a twin and I just don't, uh, don't talk about it. To my own fault, sometimes I don't really have an off button, but I love what I do. So I've had friends that have said almost in a negative way, I would never want to do what you do because I wouldn't want to work that much. Right. And I kind of really take it personally because I think I love my job. Like I if I have too much time off, I start jonesing to get back to it. Mm-hmm. And prior to running my own business, I mean, I was a clock puncher. I don't want to go to work for someone else. And so from their mindset, I can see why they think, God, all you do is work. But for me, I think I, I get to do this. Like I wake up every morning and I don't ever say, Oh, I have to do this. I wake up and I say, I get to do this.
0: Yeah. Or don't you love when you're waking up in the morning and, or right before I, this happens to me right before I go to bed where all of a sudden I go <gasps> and I have an idea that I become really excited about. And then I start, you know, it's sometimes hard to go to sleep because I'm like, okay, if I do this and this, like, here's what I need to do. I can make that happen.
1: Yeah. So I'm very much the same way. And I want to capture it on the idea. So I have, if you were to look inside my Evernote, so I have yeah. Evernote synced across all my devices. <laughs> it was, it's like a digital scratch pad. I would probably look like a lunatic. <laughs>
0: right. I get it. Now, How yeah. many how many hours a week do you work on your business? Honestly?
1: Um, Gosh. A lot, well over a forty-hour work week, especially right now, since I'm working on these books. But the other side of that is that I have so much time freedom when I want to. So if I want to say, okay, I'm going to work tonight, I'm going to work till two in the morning, and then I'm not going to work tomorrow to make up for it, I can. Or you know, we just got back from a two-week vacation in Hawaii, and then we're leaving again in two and a half weeks. And so there's a lot of freedom with it, but it's it is a lot of hours. I mean, I could, I feel like probably the amount of hours as a surgeon. <laughs>
0: right right and and I would I would say I for us I work with my husband it is a lot of hours but again having that freedom Mm -hmm. to say like if my daughter's sick you know what I can take care of her and I can like you know when she's I don't know watching a video I can go do a couple emails and then when she's better I can refocus and dig in
1: exactly and
0: there so for me
1: and i'm sure you can relate to this too everything that i do now every minute that i put in every idea that i have the output is a dir- is a direct yes. correlation to what i put in whereas if i when i was still working for someone else why do i want to work harder than i have to like yes. i don't i get paid the same and so now it's the harder i work the more i follow through with my ideas The more money I make and the better lifestyle my
0: family has. I couldn't agree with you more. And this, again, the hard part, I think being an entrepreneur, that there's a certain personality that can really thrive. And you have to be a self-starter. You have Mm -hmm. to be willing to try stuff. You have to be willing to trust yourself. You have to work with yourself more than against yourself. But if you have that personality, I think there is nothing better.
1: Yeah, I I definitely am a type A personality and it has suited me well. Mm -hmm. And I'm a person who's, I'm just not afraid to take risks. And I think part of that was all the years that I spent in the restaurant industry because I could literally go do it anywhere in the world and I could pick it up at any time. So a little bit, I have a safety net, but I've just been a person who has been sure enough in my resolve to see things through that I've never been afraid to take a leap of faith because what's the worst thing that happens? doesn't work out big deal you do something else
0: I love that I love that now what one tool do you use what in your business that you couldn't live without
1: I was I would say right now I'm pretty dependent upon I'm just a list maker and I kind of use redundancy in that I use Evernote and I use I write everything down okay Um, but organizationally I think that Evernote is probably my favorite thing I use right now Cool. Just off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah.
0: And what about your business are you most excited about at this moment?
1: I am really, really excited about the new books that I have coming out because I feel like I poured myself into these. Like like the book that I have coming out, Cravable Keto, it it kind of reads like personal journal with 150 recipes in it. Like I very much have, I'm very connected with my readers right now. They know that I'm not just a robot behind the screen. Like they feel like they know me. They can tell you the names of all of my dogs, you know? And I've just really opened up and I'm just very, very excited to put this product out into the world because I just, I feel like every single page is just oozing with me, like the essence of me.
0: So you're putting some vulnerability in this one.
1: Oh, so much. I, yes, so much.
0: Is that scary?
1: It is, but I think that if even one person read my story and felt less alone in this world, then I've accomplished what I set out to do, even if it was only one person. I'm very big on human connection and making people realize that they can do things and that they are enough. And so Mm. if being vulnerable and sharing my story helps even one person say, you know what? I'm not alone and I am worthy then mission accomplished.
0: Oh, I love that. What one piece of advice do you wish you had before you started all of this?
1: I wish I knew more about SEO in the beginning.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: Yeah. So, part of blogging and running a successful blog and running it as a business is staying ahead of curves and trends and constantly researching and constantly upping your game. It's not a profession where you can ever rest on your laurels. That's for sure. But it's also like constantly change, chasing a moving target algorithms change, like pleasing the Google gods is it can make or break you. And they constantly change the game and you have to stay ahead of it. And so in the beginning, I, you know, I was just trying to lose weight and writing recipes, I wasn't, you know, focusing on keywords or making sure that I was doing all the right things to get traffic there. So here I am almost seven years later, and I'm going back and redoing a lot of those earlier posts because some of them didn't even have lead-ins written to it that where there would be keywords to get people to come through.
0: Interesting. Yes. And also going back and redoing those posts, I'm sure just gives you even more SEO bump.
1: You know, there's kind of mixed reviews about whether you should leave old posts alone or whether you should revive them. And I've been reviving some with, you know, because I'm constantly working on my photography. Also, I'm self-taught in every area of this whole blogging and business. Um, So I am, you know, going back and redoing the photos, making them SEO friendly. And it's a lot of fun, but it's also really rewarding to see it. Life breathed into these posts that maybe nobody visited for however long.
0: And I am of the school that going back and adding new photos and freshening up those posts does help with SEO. Yeah,
1: and I, and I am inclined to agree as well.
0: So given that you're very active on social media, do you have any advice for people trying to grow their social followers or how to think about social media?
1: I do, for sure. In fact, when I'm, I'm kind of a quote junkie. And one of my favorite quotes ever is by Theodore Roosevelt. Comparison is the thief of joy. And it is very easy to get stuck in a shame spiral when you're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. But the thing I think that's important to remember, if you're going to spend any time on social media as a business owner, as an influencer, or just someone who really likes to hang out there, is to remember that you're seeing perfectly crafted images, videos, status updates go by and that you're really only seeing the highlight reel of someone's life. Yeah. And so on the yeah. And on the other side of that, I have always tried to show like quite literally the good, the bad, the ugly, the bad days, the good days, the fluctuations in my weight to show people you're not alone and that likely what you're seeing is just, perfectly crafted, boosted tidbits of someone's life that seems perfect, they could be falling apart behind the scenes. Their business could be falling apart. Their life could be falling apart. So don't measure your worth from a business or personal standpoint by anything
0: you see on social media. Oh, I love that. And in fact, that's one of the reasons why I've started this podcast is to keep, I I notice I keep hearing this message over and over again.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it can really tear you down. And I mean, we're hard enough on ourselves on a daily basis, let alone letting the seemingly perfect life or business of others let you feel bad about yourself.
0: Okay, so for somebody just starting out today in the world, the way it is today in the landscape, what is the one thing you would say to them to get a leg up?
1: I would say, don't do it for the sake of doing it there has to be a real passion behind it because it will take everything you have to make it successful. You know, I think that a lot of people misunderstood blogging and they thought, oh, that's so cute. She sits at (laughs) home and she like, she like talks about what she's doing. That's adorable. Her husband must make a lot of money, you know? Yeah. And it's a business and I'm the breadwinner for our family and I treat it like a business, but behind it, started from a genuine place of passion. So I don't think that you can just see an opening and jump on it and say, okay, I'm watching all these blo- bloggers, six figures, multi six figures. I'm going to start a blog. You have to have something to say and you have to be passionate about something think, or it just won't work.
0: I think that is absolutely true. I always say you have to know what your why is. Why are yeah. you doing this? Because oh. this is my thing. It's a long slog. It it's is. not, it's not like it, it, it's not lightning in a bottle. It is so many different moving parts. So if you don't love it, and if you don't, if you're not guided by your why, Mm -hmm. I think you're in trouble. I don't think it will work.
1: For sure. And, you know, I think it's important to have realistic expectations. And it's very much one of those, if you build it, they will come. But there is a lot of building before they come. And there was, I've cried so many times. I've lost sleep in the beginning when I was just really taking a vote of confidence on myself, when I just said, I can do this and I'm going to do this. There was a time when we were trapped in payday loan cycles and I just kept plugging away. Like I just refused to stop. Mm -hmm. And then, and here I am now, but yeah, we were like saying how, Oh my gosh, how are we going to pay the rent this month? Okay. Well, they won't shut off the electric. We can float that for 45 days. (laughs) And I just kept at it. I just, I relentlessly, I never stopped.
0: I love that. Now, tell me, Kendra, how can people reach out? First of all, tell me, um, how can people find out more about your website, your products, you know, where they can find you on social media so that people can say hello and see what you're all about?
1: You know, the simplest, easiest way is just going to be typing peace, love, and low carb into Google or even just my name. So I have I have a lot of points of contact, but that's that's first search, every result is gonna be me. So and will, then you, it's,
0: will you spell your names? Because it's, it's an unusual spelling. It
1: is. I know, I said, thanks, mom. Everybody's gonna spell it and pronounce it wrong my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Kendra with a Y, K-Y-N-D-R-A. And then my last name is different as well in that it's H-O-L-L-E-Y.
0: So it's Holly but it doesn't, it's not. Yeah, it's different. Okay. And then, so those are the ways. And then what about like your Facebook groups or if people are wanting to explore low carb, what would you say? How can they connect with you?
1: Yeah. I'm peace, love and low carb across all channels. So if you post, if you type peace, love and low carb into Facebook, you'll find me. I'm peace, love and low carb on Instagram, on Pinterest, on Twitter and on YouTube.
0: Oh, I have to say thank you so much. I have learned so much from you. Well, thank you for having me. If you're trying to grow your social media followers on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest, plus trying to grow your email list, definitely check out MiloTree. It is the smart pop up you add to your blog or your site, and it asks your visitors to follow you on social media or subscribe to your list. Just a couple things. It's super easy to add to your site. We offer a WordPress plugin or a simple line of code. It's Google friendly on mobile so you don't have to worry about showing pop-ups on mobile. It's lightning fast, it won't slow your site down, and you can grow multiple platforms at once. So check it out, milotree.com. We also offer your first 30 days free.